At a time when the coronavirus COVID-19 disease is the common enemy of all European citizens, how do individual nation-state measures, some more restrictive than others, set the tone for the European Union? Alberto Alemano, HEC Paris Professor of European Law and Public Policy, tells us about the importance of establishing an effective, coordinated EU-wide response and how nation-state solutions could actually do more harm than good. Pandemics are an argument for a coordinated Europe. We are seeing just the opposite. How to make sense of these conflicting realities when we, European citizens, are all equally affected by the virus? How do we assimilate that each European country and people contributing differently to the attainment of a shared aim, the containment of the disease in a border-free Europe? As European authorities struggle for any coordination at all, and they still need to pass fiscal and state aid measures in support of the European economy, Germany shuts its borders. As a record number of citizens, including the most Eurosceptic, turn to the EU in search of emergency solution, Brussels looks helpless. But who is really to blame for the current situation? After all, this is the closest experience to war ever lived by the vast majority of us, European citizens. If the temptation is to blame the European project itself, that would be a mistake. Despite mounting expectations, the truth is that the European Union itself cannot do much about a health emergency. The EU cannot close schools, suspend football matches or lock down European cities. It cannot even close borders to curb the spreading of the virus. All its members can actually do so, and they just did by closing the Schengen area, at least the external frontiers. However, what the European Union can do is to mitigate the socio-economic impact of the pandemic. That's what it just did by offering its countries flexibility over European deficit rules and a 25 billion euro investment fund to counter COVID-19 across the continent. And so, if you think that the EU is not doing enough, turn the blame to the European capitals and national political leaders who pretend not to know that our social, economic and political interconnectedness require European-wide coordinated responses. Despite the inherent limits of the Union, the European 27 health ministers could, on a voluntary basis, decide to pool their sovereign emergency power. They could start coordinating their health response by taking a common line on testing, containment, quarantine and social distancing. Why not compelled by the European Union? National leaders are increasingly expected to do so by a European public up in arms. Instead, in the absence of a pan-European approach to COVID-19, each country is enacting its own response, not only in terms of timing, but also of actual choice of the instruments and ultimately overall containment strategy. These country-by-country restrictions already affect more than 250 million of European citizens. As the time passes, many more will soon find themselves affected by this unprecedented compression of personal freedom in liberal democracy. While in normal times it might be positive to have different responses tested by European governments under a logic of experimental federalism, in a situation of emergency this fragmented approach might quickly reveal itself to be self-defeating. Indeed, the coexistence of these starkly divergent and often contradictory approaches to COVID-19 within the same continent is already producing some major unintended and costly consequences. 
The most tangible one is the reintroduction of border controls measures among the 26 European Schengen countries. This is perceived as required insofar as different restrictive measures are motivating citizens to move across borders and potentially countering the sought health effects. Millions are fretting to do so as more restrictions are announced. Although border restrictions do not entail any major health gain, and they are actually not even recommended by the WHO, they are a response to the inability of the Union member states to devise a coordinated action plan preventing those cross-border movements from happening in the first place. By putting the border-free Schengen area under standstill, they put the lives of millions of mobile European citizens under additional severe constraints. What about a Hungarian citizen or a Polish citizen living in Germany who intends to visit her elderly family back home? She will not only be automatically quarantined when entering the country of origin, but also prevented from going back to Germany. One of the most extraordinary achievements of the Union is suddenly questioned due to the reluctance of its member states to coordinate in an emergency situation. Upon two decades of virtually unconditional border-free movement, millions of us are currently feeling estrangement and loss. There's reason to believe that should a European-wide coordinated response be organized, not only would border restrictions be avoided, as they would no longer be justified, but the choice of the containment interventions would benefit from a greater variety of advice, perspectives, and a wider public debate. As a point of reference, let's take the regions of European member states, not exclusively their unitary territories. Let's consider these regions as they stretch across European state borders. Measures designated as a scale would also be more tailored. They would be more proportionate to their declared goals and potentially more freedom-preserving. As such, the health effectiveness as well as legitimacy of the current often draconian national risk interventions would be enhanced. Ultimately, the European handling of COVID-19 has unveiled an uncomfortable truth. Given the unprecedented level of socio-economic interconnectedness existing within our continent, nation-state solutions could do more harm than good by offering a mere illusion of security and safety for its people. As each national approach against COVID-19 entails very different trade-offs and those spill over to other countries, there is a moral, albeit not yet legal, argument for our national leaders to coordinate their public health intervention as a matter of urgency. As more and more European citizens move to impose or self-impose home confinement, the imperative for national leaders to think, act and protect Europeans regardless of whether they count among their voters or not is set to grow more urgent than ever.